0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? G'day, welcome. This is Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osha Ginsberg here to help make your day today better than yesterday. We've been doing this since 2013, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, by having conversations with incredible people that leave you with things that'll definitely help you make your day today better than yesterday. No matter what kind of thing you do for a gig, no matter what you don't do for a gig, you'll hear something you need to hear. G'day. I'm Asher Ginsberg. Hi. I'm a podcaster. I'm a TV guy. I'm a author. I'm a dad. I'm a stepdad. I'm a shed fixer. Uh, fixed a shed. Proper dad. I was wearing a flannel and I fixed a shed with power tools with my son standing on a milk crate. Yeah, did some good dad stuff today. And um, I'm grateful you're here. We are listening back to uh, an episode from a couple years back from the incredible Fiona O'Loughlin today. This is a smaller part of a much larger episode. You're more than welcome to go back and and have a listen to that episode 200, if you wanna check it out. But Fiona O'Loughlin has been a fixture in the Australian comedy scene since she won Best Newcomer at Melbourne International Comedy Festival in 2001. We got up in 2017 in our old apartment, But Fiona was extraordinarily open and very, very generous. Now we do discuss alcoholism in this conversation. And if you're not up to hearing about that that today, that's fine. There's literally hundreds of other episodes to go check out. But Fiona has never had an uninteresting life. It's never been boring. That's for sure. On the day we caught up, uh, Fiona's mate, Sam, who was 25 at the time, was also there. Sam was making a documentary about Fiona. And it made me kind of think, well, I remember being 25. i just arrived in Sydney to work at Channel V at the age of 25. I'm 49 now, if that gives you any
1: clues how long ago that was. But I wanted to know what, what was Fiona like when she was 25? A different person. I was a practicing Catholic um, with three children, more to come, living in Alice Springs, and a wife.
0: <laughs> okay, hang on. So a 25-year-old... With three kids now, is
1: uh, from Frankston, or
0: <laughs> okay? So no, it's just okay. not
1: a thing, is it?
0: Let's just let's just backtrack a little there, just so just for folks who are unaware of, of Frankston. Like when I grew up in, in Brisbane, I had no idea what. You know, I used to watch in Brisbane, I used to watch the cricket getting played and going, why are they wearing jumpers? It's fucking summer. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had no idea of what Victoria was or the climate or anything like that. So yeah.
1: you grew up in Frankston. No, no, I was kidding. I was just, that was just oh, being mean okay. about. okay, right, yeah. okay.
0: Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in a tiny country town in South Australia, um, near coastal town. You could see the sea just from our Which place. coastal town? Waruka. Waruca, where's it near? If people were, uh, it's the little peninsula next to Adelaide. Uh-huh. It looks a bit like Italy. Yeah, not when you get up closer.
0: <laughs> okay, so on the on the other side of Gulf St Vincent, on the other side it's there,
1: the, it's it's that little peninsula uh-huh. that runs, yeah, between the Eyre Peninsula, which is the big fat triangle one, yeah, and then there's Adelaide and York Peninsula's is like shaped like a foot.
0: Okay, so is that where all the surfers get eaten by sharks
1: down there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and what was life like there? It was. Um, well, I was one of seven. So it's all a bit. So strongly of a... practicing Catholic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're a small family. What number are you? Three. Okay. So it was a different. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was just infuriated with the state of childhood. I couldn't stand it. I didn't like. And I had a happy, you know, childhood, but I wasn't a particularly happy kid in amongst that. I didn't like... Um, I just didn't like the tone, you know, of adults to kids. Uh, I didn't like the way they... You know, that kind of tone. I still hear it now sometimes. You know, I've heard it with people my age with their kids, and I say, I know a little girl is going to be in bed very early tonight. You know, it's just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Use a normal voice. Yeah. I actually have this fantasy of going back in time with this head, not that it's a sharp mind, but just with the knowledge that they are toothless tigers, you know. And I don't mean that I wanted to be a rebel. I just wanted to... um, emancipation I want mm. liberty
0: well there is a powerlessness that is Absolutely. thrust on you when you're suddenly constantly reminded particularly with that tone of voice like oh I really have no choice in what happens yeah. here like, I have no agency in this situation no and there's a way I'm sure to convey that to kids yeah um without making it so acutely aware that they are in absolutely no control of their lives, there's a, there's a way that makes a kid feel nurtured and protected and there's a way that makes a kid feel like they're living in a horrible, dystopian kind yes, of dictatorship. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> And I think incredible.
0: for a lot of certainly parenting when, when I when I was younger, that was fairly normal. Mm. I was like, you can't let them go away with anything. Yeah, yeah. you got to yell at them
1: the whole time. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to um, keep them in check. Even yeah. their... They're little egos. <laughs> uh, I'd love to go back just for one day because be able to save my skin too, but just go. Oh, shut the fuck up! You know, <laughs> to the nuns and to the parents. Right. So wow. So you <laughs> really. Bullshit.
0: So you were really living the Australian dream on this kind of edge of society, edge of civilization. Because it really is there. You've got the ocean on one end yeah. and unending desert behind you. Yeah, yeah. There's really nowhere to go as a kid. Is there?
1: Nowhere to go except your head. You oh. know. And I was a daydreamer. Yeah. And I actually looked like I was paying attention at school. You know, teachers used to be quite confused with my grades because they were appalling because I'd sit up the front. I was not a rat bag. I was not. A lot of comedians are the kids down the back of the class, you know. I'd sit right up the front, stare directly at the teacher and look interested because I worked out how to do that because then you get completely free of trouble Mm. and then you get to daydream. Right. And that's how I, I daydreamed my whole childhood away, you know, just wishing and longing and Escaping.
0: Escaping. Waiting, waiting for the... Waiting. Yeah, waiting for school so you could sit there and, and think about things. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I remember
1: even as a kid, like, with seven children in the house and, like, five girls in one bedroom, one toilet. There was no door that locked. Hmm. You know, the only door that locked in that house was the bathroom, the toilet door, and... Every now and then you'd take a book into the toilet and just sit on the floor and you'd get about 10 minutes. But someone always knew where you were and you'd hear it, where's Fiona? Where? You Oh, shit, I just want to be alone for five minutes. Yeah. And you always moved on
0: as a kid. Fiona lived in Alice Springs for 27 years of her life and at the time that we spoke, I'd only been there the once. And I was curious to know what it was like for her to live there during that time.
1: Oh, it was wild and extraordinary. It was such an amazing... I always felt a bit like a stranger there. Um, it, I felt very white, you know, and I felt very guilty. It's a hard place to live with a conscience. <laughs> Why know? do you say that? Because it's racist. It's intensely racist. And
0: and what, how does that manifest?
1: Uh, it's... behind closed doors, not even that closed, like barbecues in Alice Springs, you will hear, you know, it's just what it is, you know, it's South Africa. And it's very confronting. Um, And there's only so many times you can, you almost have to betray yourself, not that you join in, but who fights with Nazis, you know, it's a battle you're not going to win. So there was that. And yet again, I think codependency. With that, I ended up fostering a lot of Aboriginal babies, um, and that was totally about making myself feel good.
0: <laughs> so, how many kids did you have at that point?
1: I had, th- oh yeah, I had three when we had our first foster baby. I just found him on Facebook the other day, a little boy called Terence. Um, but that served its own purpose, you know. As Fucked up as I am and for whatever reason I did And I know why I did that because I innately am, like everyone, selfish. I can't stand watching the news and the horror. I think the Cuban... No, not the Cuban Missile Crisis. That was in the 60s. It was... Some big shit was going down internationally. A bit like now... um, Oh, what was it? And I'm like, don't ruin the world now. I'm just starting a family. And the news was terrifying. Yeah. I remember what this was. And it was Reagan,
0: I think. Oh, so Reagan and Gorbachev. Yeah, it was okay. Reagan and Gorbachev. They were, they were rattling sabers. A lot of people don't remember that there really was a threat of nuclear war yeah. every fucking night of it the It was
1: really scary. Yeah. And I'm like, and then and famine out of the,
0: yeah. you know, N- famine yeah. going nuts Saharan as well. Africa, yeah. yeah.
1: And I'm like, I can't stand this, you know, this guilt of being happy and healthy and you just want everything to be great and everything was great. And I'm like, but I want to sleep at night. And so when I started fostering, you know, having these little, mostly Aboriginal, not all Aboriginal, but we would always have some little waif. And what the purpose that served is I got to give my, my head a rest. I literally let myself off the hook for everything. I'm like, well, as long as I'm putting this little waif to bed, you know, I don't have to worry about the news. I'd just go... And I, they had a happy mother and we had a rollicking good time because they all had a twin, you know, and also... And it's interesting because people would think that's a hard thing to do, but it's not. Like, I'm an emotionally quite lazy person and physically quite lazy as well, but I had a lot of babies anyway. So... I used to feed them wheat in the bath, you know. I learnt so many great tricks. But the beauty of that, I think, it's in life, it's almost like eat your vegetables first, you know. That's my motto. And in th- what that did, it changed, and I didn't know this, I certainly didn't have the, f- the foresight, but it changed who my children were, it, it, like completely. They, and that was just a bonus side effect. Having the foster kids around? Absolutely. How so? Because then you don't need to tell them what's wrong about those barbecues and the, and hearing the, it's all explained. they know they're on the side of they're on the good side, they're on the right side because it was it, it interrupted their worlds, not interrupted that's not the right word, but when you 've got to move over at two o'clock in the morning because two little kids have coming you know, welfare dropping off two little kids whose lives are pretty fucking ordinary and they're not um, treated like have-nots. They're, you know, there's nothing to say. You're doing it. It's walking the walk instead of talking the talk, you know. We're going to take a break. Back in a moment with more from Fiona O'Loughlin. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Fiona O'Loughlin has always been rather open about her relationship with alcohol. I'm grateful for that because it's, it's important to hear conversations with people about drinking that are honest, you know. And I wanted to know, what was her drinking like while she was living in Alice Springs?
1: Mine got out of control with, um, I guess I just fast-tracked it though, yeah. Um, Because when, I never drank when I was, but early on in the piece, I've always loved to drink, but I like to get drunk. Well, when you've got kids, little kids, and you can't drink when you're pregnant, I remember a doctor saying to me, oh, one or two won't hurt you. Like, have you any idea how much one or two would hurt me, like I'm not interested in one or two. I want twenty, mm. and so for years I just didn't have any because it was I didn't like hangovers, and so my alcoholism really progressed uh, later. But definitely, it's an impossible place. Don't, getting sober there was out of the question. That's yeah. kind of one of the reasons I left because it is just it's it's it's, it's a river of piss. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, just a river of grog, and you know what's really interesting too is the booze culture up there, uh, you know, with the whites. It's hilarious. We're driving... I remember my sister in law saying, and she really hit the nail on the head, we're in our flash four-wheel drives, we're going to someone's place for a barbecue, basically to get pissed, you know? And we passed an Aboriginal family walking along with their flagons... uh, Oh, no, not flagons the cask wine. The, yeah. And she said, isn't this hilarious? We're doing exactly the same thing. She said, we're just doing it in a nice car and smarter bottles. <laughs> but it's the same shit, completely different bucket, but exactly the same shit. It's
0: exactly the same thing where people don't want to see that, do no. they? They don't want to see that. I mean, there's a, no.
1: they're in a park. Yeah. And someone's going to blow that up later and lie on it. And, and I, I really think that – actually, it is interesting that you say that, Usher, because – I believe what the culture up there is Darwin and Alice Springs because it's such a young, like culturally Adelaide, I guess that's changing now as the world's getting smaller, but once upon a time you go to mum and dad's for a Sunday roast, there's no grown-ups in Alice Springs. No, there's not. If I'm the grown-up, we're all fucked, aren't we? Yeah. (laughs) And that's the same for everyone. It's a transient city where young people move, and, yeah, there were no grown-ups. Mm-hmm. So, you know, party was on.
0: I remember that when I went to Darwin. It's like, wow, no one's from here, aren't
1: they? No, no one's Everyone's- from
0: there. Everyone's living here and, and you probably weren't Michelle you before you got here, were you? I mean, I'm not. I'm one to talk because yeah. I changed my name, but I definitely got that vibe of that's where you go if you've done 10 in the pen oh, and yeah, you don't yeah, want yeah. the old, old life to catch Absolutely. up with you.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Hoof, hoof it on up to Darwin, yep. find yourself a nice sweet job. And, and uh, it
1: culturally is that city yeah. in
0: Australia. It really is. That's it, where you go. Yeah, it really is. So when... Um, because you know, people ask me a bit about uh, about alcohol, and, and f- for me, booze was always the thing that um, it was the thing that was made it easier to be in a room full of people. Yeah, for me. Um, but other people seem to in- enjoy the people. But I don't know. That's what I was not <laughs> before. <laughs> Can you stop talking? You're interrupting my drinking. <laughs> that was more what it was for me. So. Um, you uh, you've been quite open about uh, your your life with drinking and your struggles with drinking and um, can you explain to some you know someone who's who's never understood the concept well, how would you explain that need for or how would you answer the question well why don't you just not have a second drink how would you explain that to someone who's n- no no
1: concept of what alcoholism is um well I've never had. A drink in my life. Pardon? I've never had a drink in my life, as in one. Do you know? It's. I don't know how to explain that. I think it's trying to show someone a colour they've never seen before. You know. It becomes. uh, I. I mean, I think I was ready to go as a. Alky, you know, before I, years before I picked up a drink, you know, go back to the codependency. But my role, and I think in all families, you find your role. And my role was to, you know, bring the funny and let's laugh, you know, because life's hard. And I loved that. And that was, but you can't keep that up. So for me, it was, um, it was literally abusing a substance to keep the energy to keep you know I couldn't just keep you can't be the life of the party time after you know mummy needs the rest (laughs) (laughs) and I pushed it and I pushed it and I pushed it and I you know slow learner, denial, you know, I was far from funny in the end, you know. If you want to hear the full but conversation then, then, with Fiona O'Loughlin, you can check it out. middle-aged Scroll woman, you don't to, know any different. Right, a couple of like, how hundred
0: episodes by now. Back to episode what 200. What on earth do you do? I mean, how I had to literally to take myself. If it's myself. brought you any value at all, please like it, share it, comment, subscribe whatever you can do, it always helps us. If this brought you help, please share it with a friend. If you don't want to share it with a friend, just liking it or subscribing or commenting or rating it wherever you can, that helps us as well. Huge, huge result. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much to Andy Marr and Bruce Steele who produced this episode. And um, I'll talk to you next time. See you on Friday. Bye.